Black here, and uh, welcome to my very first Rantcast. Uh, the idea for this was actually born years ago. I wanted to do a Q&A with uh, the audiences after each show, and due to the fact that I have an extraordinarily tech-savvy staff, uh, they were actually able to figure out a way that um, we could live stream uh, that Q&A throughout the world. And so the first The Rant is Due was done in Napa Valley, California, at the City Winery on July 11th and 12th in 2014 with uh, my friend, the very, very brilliant and funny comic, Kathleen Madigan. Uh, and then uh, every night following, uh, I did that Q&A with audiences uh, as uh, the tour rolled on. And that Q&A evolved because uh, the audiences started to ask more than just the questions. The audiences started to give really their opinions. And uh, I began to realize that uh, I had been given a gift. I'd been given uh, the ability by others to go out there and yell and scream and shout whatever it was that was irritating the hell out of me. And I could do this night after night after night. And now I realize that I had the opportunity to give voice to my audience so that they, too, could get off their chest whatever was pissing them off. And as, as it evolved, uh, the audience really understood, it turns out, how to write in my voice. But what's more than that is, is that their writing was witty, smart, funny, gut-wrenching, uh, sad at times, but just really as professional as any writing that uh, I've had on any show that I've done. And so uh, it's my pleasure uh, to welcome you all to this, uh, the first uh, Rantcast. We are rolling through... Uh, the great Pacific Northwest. Join us. I think you'll get a kick out of it. Oh, and by the way, since 2014, we've done 422 episodes of The Rant is Due. So you got a lot to listen to. Sit back, relax. <laughs> we got nothing but time. <laughs> We're coming to you tonight from Salem, Oregon, and the... In the Elsinore Theater. Salem is the capital of uh, the state. And, uh, and work uh, apparently continues here in the, in the light of the shutdown. It's, they seem to be d doing things, and there was a, I wouldn't call it a hustle and a bustle, there was, but people seem to be wandering about. Nice to, it was nice to see, really, and uh, very exciting. And, you know, we, I sent some videos back to to my uh, senator saying this is what people do in in other in states where there are governments and something you might want to think of, and it's really working out well. This whole thing, it's unbelievable. 
It's just extraordinary what's going on that we've reached this fucking point in time. And I would talk about it, but it, uh, 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 my head will explode. <laughs> it is so beyond human comprehension what is occurring. I mean, it, and, and to have people say, to have the Coast Guard say, it's okay, have a bake sale. I mean, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, it's always been a big cash cow. <laughs> <laughs> we fucking had that in my high school. We couldn't get shit. <laughs> it's just unbelievable what they are telling people to do. It's like fucking, they have no clue. I mean, the thing, the one thing I will say is, is that at some point, somewhere, at some time, I said it the last time, I said it the time before, every time they do this, their only job, their only job, the president and Congress, their only job is to keep it running. That's it. Everything else is like, you know. Everything else is a plus, that's it. There has to come a point, and, you, that, and, that, you can, and that they can continue to be paid. I mean, what level of fucking, the, the word irony doesn't apply unless, unless you take an iron and shove it up your ass. I mean, it's really, it's just beyond how they can fucking imagine to, to stand there in front of people and talk like this who are just being reamed on, a, and they have no imagination of, how, of what it means, none. You know, the, you know I, I, no, you don't know. <laughs> and you can't get paid if you, if you, there has to be mechanisms put in place, put on themselves to stop themselves from being the assholes that they generally are. <laughs> I, the, the, the older I get, the more the grasp I grasp the fact that anybody, it's not only anybody who wants to be um, a president, but anybody who wants to be in this position of power, something is intrinsically wrong with them because they have no sense of when to stop their madness. I mean, you could put, I would like to just, what nothing would give me more pleasure, nothing than to put um, Pence, Trump, um, uh, McC McConnell, and um, uh, and uh, no, and, uh, and and Pelosi and Schumer and uh, Lindsey Graham on a on a life raft, <laughs> and just and just set them out. I mean, just I seriously. I mean, that's kind of my dream, that there would be a group of people and they would take them and grab them and throw them in there and they'd just push them from shore and then and say, don't come back until you have... But, you know, it's not gonna happen. No, they're all... This is uh, one of the reasons we're in the predicament we're in. This is uh, a, a really great state and a very smart state. And this is, this is their newspaper, the Oregonian. This is the, one of Portland's finest. And um, this paper, this is a newspaper in the, um, the A section. 
um, is, uh, is 16 pages. 16 pages, just jam-packed with, <laughs> just jam-packed with stuff that really, uh, 16 fucking pages of news. I mean, actually, that, actually, that says as much as the paper says. <laughs> It's 16 pages, and the sports section is eight pages, and John said... My only complaint is there isn't enough sports. <laughs> hey, you know, Lou, that, the, uh, that idea you had about pushing them all out to sea, that wouldn't work. Uh, uh, well, it might work, but I guarantee that the first hour they would spend arguing about whether it's a boat or a raft. <laughs> This is just really, guys. There's no information here. What? <laughs> what was the headline? What? I said there's no information. No, here. no, but the headline on the the national the, for the for the all the local people to understand what's happening nationally. What, I forgot what the headline was. Somebody, some tragic crabbing accident. There was a crab accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's probably six people in the audience who know them, and now we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> We're all crabbers now. <laughs> Crab strong. I, I'm glad she said it because I was thinking it. All right, we'll read some of these now that now that I've really lost my mind. Um, so this is from Doug, who's here. So I, I just took a piss in a urinal in a restaurant restroom, and this is a sign advising liquids only. <laughs> makes, makes me wonder what they're serving there. The problem is you couldn't read that sign if you were facing away from it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Let her fly. <laughs> um, this is from Clarissa. How do I feel about people posing as you on social media and trying to hit on people? All I can say is, really, it hasn't worked for me, so good luck. <laughs> uh, it's really going to be, boy, that's a happening mummy. There's 50 billion people to pick, you fucking idiot. <laughs> She says, let me, let me pick an AARP member. That'll be good. <laughs> Boy, that is just a turn on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, this is... Uh, people who drive this speed limit, this is from Mimphy. Mimphy? What? Mimphy, that's her name, Mimphy. Okay. Or his name. Mimphy. I thought it was Minty. <laughs> I was hoping, and then I realized it's Mimphy. People that drive the speed limit in the fast lane on the five deserve eye herpes. Wow. <laughs> this is. Ouch. And then, and then, this is, and then said with love. <laughs> I'm a social worker. It's 
good that you, good you need to speed to that next case. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm too old. To, this is from Valerie. I'm too old to continue to be angry, so why am I so mad? Here's why you're fucking mad. Because you're going through, we're going, we've been going through the same cycle over and over and over and over. All we're doing is dealing with the same shit. I mean, if, if it was new and better shit to deal with, it would be great. But it's the same things over and over and over again. It's exactly the same. Healthcare, yeah, let's discuss it again. Um, you know, how are we going to do education? Yeah, let's discuss it again. How are we going to treat our teachers? Yeah, let's discuss it again. How are we going to deal with uh, our roads and our infrastructure? Yeah, let's discuss it again. Let's discuss everything over and fuck over and fuck over again. Let's, let's, let's just... And you just... And you get tired of it. It's like you've been through... And certain things were fucking settled. Done. Fucking, here it is, we did it, done, put it, we did it, okay, went to the Supreme Court, it's done, it's in a lockbox. And then they go, then they come back with, no, if we, what if we said it this way? Well, you can't say it that way! It's the same fucking thing, asshole! <laughs> so that's why. This is... Did you really see this is from SM, it, it, Ugly Americans Traveling Abroad? Case in point, there was a dude in a Make America Great Again t-shirt sitting in a cafe in Havana belittling the waitstaff for not having his preferred brand of cola. Is that possible? Of course it's possible. What am I even asking? <laughs> I was once, it's 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning, I was in a, this is, 12 years ago in, uh, in a tiny little uh, French uh, Paris, uh, Paris hotel, a ho almost a hostel kind of a place, but small. 12, 15 rooms, just a tiny place. <laughs> and it was Monday after the, the football games had taken place. And, um, and the, the American was downstairs as I came down the, out of the elevator screaming at the, at the guy who did the, at the French guy who didn't speak any English because they don't, they're, they've got their own set of problems. So he's, you know, he's, and he, but he's, you know, yelling and screaming that how come they don't have a USA Today in the lobby so that he can get his scores. I was like, wow, holy fuck. <laughs> And it, it's those point in time where you go, oh, that's why they hate us. Oh, I... <laughs> um, this is from Ted. <laughs> um, why can't people be on time? And by people, I mean my spouse. When I meticulously plan to leave the house at 6.45 so we can promptly arrive at 7, it doesn't mean start getting ready at 6.45. Drives me fucking insane. When I say let's go, all I ever hear time and time and fucking time again is, wait, let me get my shoes. I have to go to the bathroom first. Have you seen my coat? Oh, these are the wrong shoes. It's 6.55, finally in the car. Her nose begins to leak. I need to get some Kleenex. So next time, let's say we're leaving at 6.30. 6.30 arrives, and guess what? She's fucking ready! Now we have to wait 50 
15 minutes of the timings right. Now I have 15 minutes to think about how anal retentive I am. <laughs> Finally ready to head out the door at 6.45, I hear, wait, I forgot to feed the cat. And that's why we no longer have a cat. <laughs> This is from Brian. Lewis, I've been to several of your shows now and I'm a proud fuck you member. And like to make a suggestion is this would be the point in the show where you say something mildly offensive about the location and bitch about the shitty weather. I have it, Brian. I've been very nice about the weather and I love the location. The weather was magnificent. But, Please feel free to gripe and have nauseam about what a shithole Salem is. It was very nice today, Brian. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. How you have no joke in your arsenal to compete with our state legislature. Well, that's true. Or, or how there are four towns within four miles of us that where the entire population can't compile a full set of teeth. <laughs> well... Well, Ryan, thank you for that. <laughs> but rest assured, nobody in this beautiful theater wants to hear one fucking word about the weather. But it was beautiful today, Brian. You really fucked up here. <laughs> Did you sleep all day, Brian? <laughs> you chose to come here in the middle of fucking February, January. It seems like February to me. The reason we come in January, Brian, The reason we come to places like Salem and uh, or places like, uh, you know, we end up in Bismarck or we uh, find ourselves in Kansas City and sometimes in February uh, is because that's when people go to the theater. Because otherwise, if it's June, Brian, it's really nice. And they go, gee, I could barbecue a whole cow. <laughs> Or I could go see Goofy and Farty tonight. <laughs> I will end with this. Donna Mason, dear Lewis, I've been doing payroll for over 10 years now and I have some questions for you. Why, when people have a question about their paycheck, do they immediately think that I personally have decided to fuck up their check? <laughs> There are literally thousands of pieces of data that go into every single fucking paycheck and I don't have the time nor the inclination to bother looking at or fucking with anyone's check. I'm just thrilled that the ancient systems have managed to hold it together long enough to spit them out one more time. <laughs> every time these damn software programs manage to run through the process without completely seizing up, I just about fall to my knees with happiness. <laughs> Here's another question. Why, when people call, do they think that I will immediately know who they are, whether they tell me their first name, their last name, their nickname, or just the name their sweetie calls them on their anniversary? <laughs> There are many people in the universe. I'm sure they're all wonderful people. I'm not, but I don't plan to memorize all of their goddamn names. Is there a psychic network hotline I'm unaware of? Is there some kind of fucking 976 number I should be dialing on a daily basis so I can blow $400 to learn everybody's name before they call to yell at me? I have a feeling that you don't have answers for me. No, I don't. 
So instead of being happy and satisfied, have a message for the world in general. Treat your payroll people right, damn it. You have no idea how much of a pain in the ass it is to learn fucking tax law and overtime rules and shift differential and all the other things you lucky bastards have no need to know. Play nice and fill out your goddamn timesheets. Take care. It's been a pleasure. That was with love from Donna. We're going to be coming in tomorrow night from Bellingham. Then Tacoma. It's been a pleasure spending time with you guys here in, uh, in Salem. And uh, we'll be back at some point in the next 15 or 20 years. <laughs> Thanks for everybody who wrote in. And we'll see you soon. Take care. Good night. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Thank you for watching. We're here at the uh, in Bellingham, Washington, at the where people are really uh, just seem to be very excited about living here. <laughs> It was nice today. We're at the Mount Baker Theater. And, uh, for those of you who have not been to Washington State, I've said it time and again, it's, uh, it's, it's really uh, a place you should, uh, you should come to. And, uh, and especially if you like, um, if you like rain. If you think, <laughs> if you think, God, you know, I wonder what it's like to be a rice patty. You'll get a good sense of it here. Um, I've, I've spent uh, a month actually in Seattle. I had a play produced there. And so uh, uh, it's an interesting, it's really intriguing to spend time here because uh, you literally look out a window and it's, you go, wow, it's really, God, it's beautiful. And you go you get in the uh, elevator at the hotel and you come down three flights, three floors, and you walk out and it's pouring. <laughs> And then when the sun comes out, it's just, it's, it's, it's worth coming here just to watch that. <laughs> they just literally, they're like, they, I've never seen any, it's not even sun worship. They just literally, they, they glaze over, they glaze. <laughs> it's like, look, it's come, the sun has come to us. <laughs> and they just lie wherever they are. They seriously just stop wherever they are. They could be in a, in a, in a five, $6,000 suit. They do not give a shit. I must lie here. 
I must stare at the sun. It may leave at any second, and it does, and it does. I actually, I truly believe, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm right about this, that I spent um, the time in Bellingham. Bellingham is a really beautiful little community. It's a, a village, really, a village, a village. Um, and uh, I spent time here years ago, like, oh, God, like almost 35, 40 years ago. A friend of mine was uh, um, doing, uh, was a photographer, and I was his assistant because uh, you really want me as an assistant. <laughs> and uh, we were here. He was actually um, doing photos at a, a Coca-Cola uh, plant here and uh, or near here. And this is, and I never, I, I, I fucking was in that fucking plant 12 fucking hours a day. We never fucking saw anything. So we'd come out at night and it'd be raining. <laughs> what I did learn, though, is... is the, I don't know if it was just for everybody. Coca, the Coca-Cola plant was the cleanest fucking place I have ever fucking been. No place. I've been no place. Never anywhere as clean as that fucking plant. It's the cleanest goddamn place I've ever been in my fucking life. There's nothing more exciting than taking a photo of clean shit. This comes from uh, Brian. I think, I'm not sure if he's here tonight, but welcome back to Bellingham, the self-proclaimed city of subdued excitement. That is actually what they say. That is their nickname. And that is possibly a reason for all of them to be under psychiatric care. <laughs> then why didn't they just call it, welcome to Bellingham, Clonopin Town. Even Brian, who lives here, says, how fucked up is it to boast of being subdued? It is fucked up, Brian. It is severely fucked up, and I'm glad that you've noticed that. <laughs> who the fuck came up with that, and did you have a boat? <laughs> you just allowed some fucker to railroad that through you. God damn it. <laughs> I hope you ventured 20 miles north to see there is no wall, no fence, not even a hedge. protecting us from the wild hordes of Canadians that invade our mall with their multicolored currency. And that you thank the border guards for working without pay. Or the ones that got furloughed so they don't have to be paid later. Happy New Year, Lewis. It looks like it'll be just as fucked up as the last one. It's... Uh, are the, are the Canadians still, like, coming down to Costco and buying all the milk? Yeah. Fucking Canadians. Yeah. That's why we have an economy, John. <laughs> this is uh, Rebecca, the jerk next to me. The jerk sitting next to me, he can't come up with anything because his life is too good right now. Wow. Wow. That's it. Wow. Rebecca, that's a little bitter. 
it's like you, you, it's like taking that math test and the person next to you is like scribbling furiously and you're sitting there going god damn it i haven't got an answer <laughs> son of a bitch maybe he was just expressing subdued excitement This is from Gabe. This is really, I'm only reading this, Gabe, because I've never, generally I don't get something this revealing (laughs) about a human being or the human condition. It's hard to love myself. (laughs) Just the way, yeah, I know, I've, I've been there. That's why I'm here. It's hard to love myself, and I keep feeling like I'm going to fail at the things that matter in my life. Yeah, well, if Gabe, if anybody is sitting next to you, you know, raise your hand, and if the people around you could just give him a hug. <laughs> well, you know, really, after watching the last two years fail? God <laughs> damn it. Gabe, get a grip. <laughs> I'll tell you, because we've, you know, John and I have worked in the entertainment industry for a hundred years, and I'll tell you, you, you really, if you're looking for a thing where you you don't, you if you want to feel good about failure, is get in the entertainment. You want to know why a lot of stuff that you watch is shitty? Is because people who are in, who are really shitty at what they do in the entertainment industry, are promoted. <laughs> They fail upwards. It's one of the few things. So I would not worry. It's th- I think that's the way in a lot of jobs too. So if you're failing, chances are, <laughs> look, you don't look, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> uh, this is from Michelle. Last night, my preteen son stayed up all night playing video games and then lied about it. What should we do? Um, lock him outside. You know, until somebody calls, like uh, whoever is in charge of dealing with when parents fuck their kids over. But you can do it for a while. No, I think what you do, I'm seriously, what you do, you know, it's the same shit that I, I mean, you know, you go back to what my parents did. You know, you don't, you you know, you you never have to, this is the kind of thing, you don't have to hit the kid, but what you, you know, you do is to say, well, you won't be playing video games for like, ever! (laughs) You know, and then you can read him stuff from the Bible about lying and what happens. Show pictures of people with their tongues that are burnt and that that's what happened. There's all sorts of stuff. I'm sure we can get you a list. Have that little fuck call me. How would you handle the southern border situation? Well, well first off, I would not say it's... Uh, I would not say it's an emergency. Um, (laughs) 
uh, I would say that um, I would, one of the things I would do is, uh, I would, uh, if, if, if there shouldn't have, this never should have arrived, we never should, we shouldn't be here. I mean, all that had to happen, seriously, was if you go back to the beginning of this fucking nonsense, was that, um, you know, they, they they passed these things, you know, they, they, they passed it, and then Trump went, no. <laughs> and uh, what should have happened then is, is then uh, if, if he, after he said he vetoed it, then instead of Mitch McConnell and the Senate should have overridden the veto. That was it. That was done. It's not tough. They gave him money. Money was given to him so that he could do whatever it is that he wants, like crochet, uh, <laughs> a, you know, whatever's next. You know, it's steel slats. Now it's a, a large knit crochet with cats and dogs. And they'll come, the, the people try to come through and they go, oh no, I've been caught in the knitting. All I, what we've relearned, I think, from this situation is in the end, when it comes to terrorizing, uh, in, when it comes to the fact of, of, of people, no one, no one terrorizes us better than we terrorize ourselves. <laughs> That's what we've done. So I'm going to get on a, a plane on Sunday, so the TSA may or may not be really running at full steam and then you really got to trust the fact that the guys who are up in the tower kind of looking at shit uh, aren't working 32 hour shifts and they might you know so that hopefully they're not blinking and going oh you know boy and nodding out you know it just makes for a great great everything about it is just great great fuck great great fucking great you know all of the fucking things that could fucking I just beyond belief that the you, so we're worried about this, and meanwhile, everything is wide open! <laughs> God damn it. This is, this is uh, from Nicholas. This is the first ni date night since baby is born. Took us eight months. Why the fuck is it so expensive? Because you were fucking had a baby! You added another mouth. You had to buy shit. What are you kidding me? That's why it's expensive. It was just the two of you. You don't give a shit. Now you're fucking. Oh no! What? You don't have this. You don't have that. Where's the carriage? Where's the right carriage? The real carriage, the one that everybody has. Not this shitty piece of shit carriage. That's why. I hope you had a good night. <laughs> We're going to end with this, because it's just spectacular. This is uh, from David. Uh, I don't know where David is from, and I don't think I want to know. Lewis, I'm writing to you today to inform you of something so nerve-wracking it defies the human spirit to rebound from the fresh hell that has become our everyday lives. 
While the government remains in a relative uh, state of stasis, akin to standing in line at the grocery store and shitting one's pantaloons, <laughs> a president hell-bent on filling his diaper with the fruit puree because he can't have a wall. <laughs> a trade war that was inspired by an episode of American Pickers. And the most bizarre love-hate relationship between the leader of the free world and a hermit that gets his jollies off by erecting skyscraper-sized porches of himself right outside of his own window, there is something much more bothersome afoot. <laughs> and I'm afraid it can't be ignored any longer. In case you haven't figured it out yet, I'm, of course, talking about the 27-pound bucket of macaroni and cheese <laughs> that is currently sold out at Costco. Fucking Canadians. Now you may say to yourself, Lewis, if ever there were a time to stop fucking around and employ the art of action, it is now. I don't know about you, but I tend to transform into one cranky motherfucker when I deny the heavenly liquid gold that is macaroni and cheese. Not one to curb the insatiable hunger brewing deep in my belly. I began to ponder the benefits of possessing... I tried to read through this to John and I fucking can't get through this. <laughs> Under the benefits of possessing 27 pounds or 180 servings, respectively, of mac and cheese. For starters, I don't have a chair in my living room. So after serving number four of that bubbling pup, processed dairy, I can flip that fucker over, pop a squat, and jam out on my washtub while enjoying the visual fuckery that is Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. <laughs> and fall deep into the most orgasmic food coma one could ever hope for. Second, and I say this... <laughs> I say this with a pinch of levity until you've been elbowed deep inside a <laughs> Until you've been elbowed deep inside a spackle bucket filled with a gooey coagulated noodle pool that is macaroni and cheese. You simply have not lived. It's nice to know that Costco has their eye on the prize. God knows our idiot fucking president couldn't ever be that well put together. He'd probably want to grab it in an un 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 unmentionable place and run for czar of America and deny his wrongdoings in the face of adversity. I, for one, cannot go on like this. I need my macaroni and cheese, lest I throw a tantrum and join the Republican Party. So all I'm saying is, whatever your plans are for the new year, get the giant, gas-guzzling fuckhouse on wheels that you travel in and get to Costco. 
We don't have that much time left, and you're going to want something warm and tasty to fill your belly with when tuning into the VR apocalypse. Just don't mix any fucking relish in it. I fucking hate relish. <laughs> with concern and regards, David Lane. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, David. Thanks for everybody who wrote in. We're at, uh, we're in Tacoma, Washington, at the, the newly renovated Pantages Theater. This is a, a, a truly beautiful theater, and uh, Tacoma is, um, I walked around Tacoma today, and I, 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 I'm speechless. I, I, there's, there's something going on here, and there's a lot of buildings, and um, I'm not sure what it is. And uh, there's, there's Seattle, and then there's Tacoma, and then Seattle seems to have come here and just grabbed shit and taken it. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I don't. I mean, that's my only explanation. It doesn't. I don't really know what's. We don't spend a lot of time here, and, and I, there's a sound in the background that's that's like if you can't hear it, then I, I may have to leave the stage. <laughs> it may be the first sign of a stroke. Um, no, but I really, uh, but it's you know I, I would say for the, once again I will say you come to Washington State and come and come to Tacoma and. Uh, and, 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 and tell me what you see. Uh, I've said this before, I will say it again. For those of you who say, boy, I gotta leave the country. Um, you know, I've gotta get out of this country. You, you, no, you can you come to Washington State. Because it's, because it is, it's, it, it's really like leaving the country, but you're still here. Usually I will get, uh, it's, it's really been kind of interesting. Usually I get all sorts of things telling me, um, you know, things that people like or hate about a place. And I, I think they've just, they're, uh, I didn't. <laughs> I just got a few, and, um, but I'll read them. This is from Melanie, or Meliani, or Melini, or <laughs> you have to check out Seven Seas Brewery. Yeah, it's a, well, they seem to like it, and uh, we didn't check it out because I didn't see it. <laughs> Is it downtown? Yeah. Where? where? It's, uh, it's too far. I'm sorry, that's too far to walk. Too far to walk. No, I'm not walking there today. Fuck you. <laughs> you want a show, or you want me walking to the fucking brewery? I get to the brewery, I'm gonna sit there, oh, the game's on, fuck you. Really, I got a show? <laughs> Boy. Yeah, well, it's a little late. Um, this is, uh, we're here, this is from Philip, we're here in Tacoma. 
Uh, my rant is that my wife is uh, an elementary school teacher in Seattle, and if we can spend $5 billion on a fucking wall, why does she have to spend hundreds of her own dollars on school supplies for her students? Because that's um, how she helps us protect ourselves from terrorism. <laughs> and I want to thank her for that. And all the things that she buys for the students. That's just extraordinary. That, that they, and it's all over the country uh, that elementary school, all, all teachers have to buy tons of shit. Uh, for because we don't buy that stuff anymore. I, I actually, I knew that things had taken a turn like 15 years ago when I actually did a, um, a I did a, a benefit for my high school in, a, in one of the richest counties in the United States. I thought, what the fuck is the matter with you people? And they said, what would you like us to do to honor you? And I said, you know, put uh, Lewis Black presents the boys room. <laughs> It's unbelievable, but it's good. We're going to have a wall, you know. You go down to the wall, take the kids down to the wall. It's a field trip. <laughs> show, them, show them where, you know, why, the, and then say, you know, here's, show the kids the checks and go, hey, here's where the money went and look. You know, if, if you can get down there, I don't even know you, the way things are going, whether the government shut down, you may not be, maybe not be able to. <laughs> It's a long ride from here. <laughs> and uh, a lot of those roads may be closed down because we can't get people to go to work because it's a federal job and then they'll be fighting and there'll be court battles. It's just, I'm gonna lie down for a second. <laughs> but then the next one is from Michael who says, how can we appropriate funds to build a wall around Donald Trump? <laughs> This is, uh, and this is from Thomas, uh, who wrote, uh, Lewis, you fucking sellout. <laughs> how, the, how the fuck do you sit next to Al fucking Roker after roasting that dumbass 20 years ago as the fat fuck? And last November, you sat next to that skeleton, held back a smirk, and sold your show. I'm totally sure Roker had no clue you based at his fat ass. Here's, here's something... Here's something absolutely fascinating. One of the reasons I kind of knew that I was doing, uh, that I was breaking through, was because uh, Al Roker, when I ran into him the first time, I thought, wow, boy, here we go. And he came up and he said, I couldn't wait to meet you. He said, I love that bit about me. He loved it. So don't underestimate Al. Al loved the bit, and the reason, and here's the other reason you don't underestimate him, he said, people started paying attention to my fat ass. <laughs> so that's why I took the gig. I took the gig thinking I'd only be on with Al Roker. When I arrived there, then they told me I'd be on with Jenna Bush and, and whoever's the other one. I don't even know, because it's the third hour. I don't know who that, I don't know. It was horrible. It was just a horrible fucking experience. The whole thing was horrible. <laughs> Literally horrifying. And Al was my, Al was the lifeboat for fuck's sake. 
because Jenna Bush, her eyes the whole time are like. <laughs> it's Jenna Bush something. She's got a last name. She married somebody, Jenna Bush. Now I have other buddy's name now. This is, uh, uh, this is the, from Hannah, this is, this is why I love my audience. This is, uh, this is not funny. This is just so fucking smart. It's scary. So, um, just, uh, the corporatization of government systems and organizations. For starters, um, many of you will have to think about that. I did. <laughs> They were set up for consistent, long-lasting, reliable solutions and opportunities, but have been degraded and defunded to the point of failure, and then are shown as examples of government failure. So more funds can be cut. And that, folks, is why, in part, government doesn't work. She just explained it to you. How would you get the government back to work? I need my goddamn retirement check next month. <laughs> well, my idea has been, I just think that if, if we could just get the National Guard in each state, uh, if, if, if we could get them to go to Washington and surround uh, the Capitol, and say, uh, you, you know, you're not leaving, like the, he doesn't leave the White House, you get the National Guard around the White House, the National Guard around um, the, uh, the Congress, and that nobody leaves until, um, until this shit stops. <laughs> this is from Lisa. Uh, I'm not sure, I think she's, uh, She's, she's not from here, but this is it was too good to pass up. Unless there's an Evansville here. Is there? Maybe they snuck one in. <laughs> right down from the brewery. Ooh, Lou, I don't know where to begin. Gassed up my car tonight, then remember that I had to potty. <laughs> you love when a woman... You never, you rarely get that in the first sentence when a woman sends you a rant. <laughs> Being indisposed at a convenience store is a nightmare, but not this time. I was delighted to find a clean, well-lit, tidy, and odor-free facility. Wow, I thought I've hit the jackpot. I'll have to come here again. <laughs> now that's a hell of a life when you... Lisa, I think you're going to have to get out more often to, to, for that thought to even cross your mind. That, boy, I'm going to have to come back and take a shit at this convenience store. Or maybe you should be working on your bathroom. I was marveling at the stellar job our Thorntons was doing. Filled me with a special pride. <laughs> Whatever else Evansville lacked, we had good toilets. Yes, sir, no big city had anything better than us. Imagine my surprise when I saw a wall mounted, no feminine products in a ladies' room. In my day, you used either a pad like a mattress between your legs or risked your virginity using a tampon. <laughs>
but I digress. I checked out just what condoms you get in the bathroom of a convenience store on a Friday night. Wow, she did not want to leave this toilet. For a dollar, quarters only, you get a condom flavored or ribbed and studded dispensed below a strategically placed sign. Although no contraceptive can provide complete projection, Hygieia condoms, when properly used, may prevent the transmission of AIDS and other sexually transmitted diseases. The best method of AIDS prevention is abstinence before marriage and a monogamous relationship during marriage. All caps were her emphasis. Hygieia condoms are available here for your privacy and convenience. This dispenser serviced at frequent intervals. I stood in stunned silence. Body time fell to, back to the autotomic regions of my brain. My mind was bending and turning, trying to trust what I saw. I read it again. Yes. It said it, abstinence and fidelity was the secret to an AIDS-free life. <laughs> Unbelievable. Here I thought AIDS could happen just about to anyone under varying circumstances. How wrong was I? Oh, God. Who in their right mind would be led to spiritual enlightenment by a note on a condom dispenser? <laughs> really, are you shitting me? If you or anyone you know is in the bathroom of a convenience store on a Friday night buying condoms, then you can be sure that the good ship fucking lollipop has sailed. It has sailed, assholes. Be safe. Be safe or buy our condoms, you libidinous sinners, and we'll pass judgment on you so hard your dicks will fall off. And your friends' lady bits will fall off, too, because you chose our shitty balloons of doom. <laughs> it's okay to provide a public service message with your product, socially responsible for it, as long as it's correct information. But at least it was in a clean bathroom. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Lou. I feel better already. Lisa. Thanks for listening to Goma. It's been a pleasure spending time with you. Thanks to all of you for listening to my Rantcast. If you have a rant you want to get off your chest, send it in to me at lewisblack.com forward slash live. You can think of it as therapy or whatever you want to think of it as. Just let it rip. And I want to thank the true stars of our show, the ranters and the splendid rants they gave us. Lewis Black's Rantcast was created and hosted by me, <laughs> Lewis Black. Our live rant audio was produced by James Salkin. Our theme song by Chris Lane. Executive producer, Ben Brewer. Executive producers, Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcasts.